This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, Ross Cooper. And today I am joined by the one and only Matt Trutwin. Matt, how are you? Very well, very well. It's always good when you're hosting. You always give the uh, the, the best build-ups. Just, Hopefully uh, I can live up I to try, it. But... <laughs> yeah, I try and... You know, I try and get some superlatives in there, you know. Um, <laughs> although I did make it on that little... Uh, I can't remember who it was. He made. I don't know if you ever saw it. That guy made like a compilation of people saying that you run out of superlatives. Yeah, I did. And see I made that, it. Yeah. I made it into that. So, um, one one week I will probably run out of superlatives for for, for our guests. But no, it's great to have you, Matt. And uh, how have you been? How did you feel with the international break coming to an end? I don't know about you. I always find them tedious, particularly at this sort of stage of the season. Were you raring for the club football to be back? Yeah, it's. I don't want to say bittersweet, but I'm. I am. I think we picked up on it in the um, preview pod this week. I am quite a big international fan myself as well. So I know that's almost a bit of a taboo thing to say now, you know, it's um, it's almost an expectation that people are 100% focused to the, to the domestic side or the club side, but I am one of those remaining international football fans, but at the same time, obviously, of course, a massive Cov fan. Um, so always pleased to, to get back to club action, to be honest. So even with just a short break or a couple of games, um, of the international window, it, it does feel like it. You know, it's time to get back to club football and and not just Coventry, just the leagues as a whole. So, um, so yeah, glad to to get back yeah. to it. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, I think it sort of helped that our game was on the Friday because it felt like mm. we got to the sort of midway point of the international break, and it was like, oh, actually, it's only it's only five it's days away. away, right? You know, uh, obviously, it was only a day difference, but it sort of mentally, it was like, okay, it's this week now before before yeah. the weekend. Is upon us. We're gonna have we're gonna have our game. So we'll also get into the game shortly. Um, but what did you what did you sort of make of the the first sort of chunk of games? You know, going into the international break, were you pretty satisfied with where we were at? Clearly, obviously not as many wins on the board as we were sort of hoping, but obviously only one defeat. 
Were you feeling yeah. encouraged? Yeah, largely. I think the word for me at the moment is patience. Yeah. Um, you can't have as much change as we've had as a football club and not, you know, potentially have a few things that you still need to iron out, a few things that you need to work out uh, throughout the course of maybe the first, even half of the season, maybe even longer. So for me, you lose that many players, you add that many players, you lose so many significant players, you add a lot of players for big transfer fees, which we're not used to as a fan base. There's going to be, a you know, people kind of erring on the side of caution around saying transitional um, summer or transitional window or whatever, whatever way you look at it. And this, you can have your own, expectations around where we might finish this season regardless uh it's, it's certainly a transitional period for us as a football club that's really inarguable with the amount of change that we've had this summer so i've been encouraged largely because um look we haven't got maybe necessarily the points that we would like because we've drawn a lot of games but it does feel like once everything clicks together we are going to be a, a, a really We're going to be a good team. side aren't we yeah. exactly we've already looked you know more than competitive in in pretty much all of the games that we've played we've only lost the one and that was against probably the team that's going to if not win the league certainly go up um and other than that we've even in that game we probably should have, have lost that yeah yeah definitely. Um, but other than that you know we, you would say there's been opportunity for us to to pick up a lot more points than we have done so um you you look at it and you see the areas where maybe things haven't perfectly clicked but you know naturally or in my opinion we're naturally going to improve because of the fact of we've had so much change it's it's really hard to imagine that just organically we aren't going to get better anyway because these players have got a um, got it embedded into to the football club. So, yeah, I've been encouraged, although obviously we probably would have liked a few more points, but um, but I, I don't I don't think it's been a bad start at all, especially when you factor in it's not been an easy start to the season in terms of the teams we've played as well. Yeah, 100%. And I actually, I'm someone who, I find the international break sort of yeah, tedious, but actually I did feel like this one came at a good a good time in the sense that yeah. obviously after the Watford game, there was a couple of injury niggles, wasn't there? There was... Yeah. So I thought actually having those two weeks to hopefully get Van Avac and get De Silva and and very and Kitchen, you know, people like that who, mm. who obviously just arrived and get them all settled in and get them back fit was probably, you know, a good thing. Um, and obviously hopefully being able to have a sort of in the week leading up to the whole game, try and do work on some more stuff on the uh, on the training ground. So let's obviously get into the game, Hull. Um away. Not that they're, they're, they're no mugs, they're they're a good, they're a decent side. I think they've got a really good sort of promising upcoming manager who I think will have a really decent career to be fair. I always think he comes across really well in sort of interviews. He speaks, you know, obviously very highly of sort of Mark Robbins, yeah. but he, he he seems to, he's obviously got that sort of modern day youthful manager sort of energy on the touchline, but, but he sort of comes across like he's quite humble in, in, in knowing where he is. You know, I, I heard him interviewed after he sort of lost the job at Derby potentially, you know, slightly harsh and, but he came across ever so well then. And I think Hull is probably a really good fit for him. And obviously they've they've got that takeover, which happened a year or so ago, and building a decent side with some good players in there. Um, you know, obviously we all know the result, a one-all draw. What was your overriding takeaway from from the from the game on Friday, Matt? Uh, I mean both myself and Dave, I think, predicted a defeat in this one. I agree with what you said, to be honest with you. I think they're a, a good squad now. It feels like, obviously, they're a season behind us, I believe, in terms of their progression of when they came up to this level. And they've pretty much 
relatively solidly established themselves as a championship team, similar to to how we did. Um, you know, maybe a season ahead of them in terms of where we are, because they've got some good players. But again, they're probably in that mould that we were uh, a season and more ago, whereby a lot of the talent potentially or a good amount of the talent is on loan. Um, and you're kind of like looking through their squad and saying, yeah, they've got a couple of good players that they own. But past that, a lot of it is is on loan and maybe they need to establish themselves and push on to um, to obviously, you know, get a bit more of a squad of players that aren't necessarily people they're bringing in just for a short period of time. But as far as this game goes, you know, we've got to play what we're up against in terms of what they've got as a squad at the moment. And there's a lot of talented people in that squad and it's shown through the first five or six games of the season already they obviously went to Leicester before the international break on the first side to get any points from them and did it in their own back backyard so that in itself was impressive but there were impressive results before that and they sat in the top six fairly you know it's not really by fortune or fluke it's it's deserved based on what they've done in in the run of the games that they've had so far this season so for me really dangerous game difficult game I think in terms of the nature of the result it's always frustrating when you concede late on to not go on and, and win the game so that's frustrating especially when we've had so many draws and you're looking to see us turn those into victories I think when you step back from it and obviously we've had a little bit of time now to remove ourselves from the fact we did concede late on the actual result in itself for me it's a good result it's a good one yeah it's, it's a good one um the nature of the game we went ahead relatively early in the game and then you know we're we're away from home against a good side we're probably going to sit off a little bit from that perspective so you look at some of the stats and you know they look maybe a bit more dominant than the feel of the game actually mm. seemed as you were as you were watching uh, the 90 minutes play out but also that's probably going to be the case when you're ahead for a good portion of the game away from home you're going to let them maybe have a bit more of the ball and and they're going to have create they are going to create chances bar a couple of I guess slip ups, a, a couple of moments of uh, lack of concentration from us. I don't think they created great deal of unbelievable chances. No, 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 they didn't. And I think it was one of those. Obviously, like there was periods in in both halves actually, where, as we sort of said at the, the top of the podcast, we are. I think the last couple of years we've sort of said, oh, we're a couple, we're close to being like a really. A, a consistently very good side. I feel like we actually have all the ingredients now. I just think it's just bringing them, you know, together to sort of make, I think we've got everything in front of us. You know, mm. I look at the bench and I go, wow, we've actually got players there who didn't even make an appearance where, you know, we've actually got strength and depth. He can turn around and you can see Jamie Allen, Sakamoto, Casey Palmer, O'Hare is very close to coming back and Ellis Sims, you know, you've got the, the great depth. And there was periods in both halves where it sort of clicked and there was some unbelievable football, you know, and um, I guess in the, I guess going to the, the, the sort of start of the game in terms of the, the, obviously the team news, were you sort of surprised with, you know, the changes? I mean, I, I, there was, there was obviously, I mean, I was pretty shocked. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd probably put my mortgage on uh, kitchen started because I, I just yeah. thought in my head, I was like, well, Latibaudier and Palmer, you read Robin's quotes and I was like, yeah, they're definitely not going to be starting. And then I was like, well, Ayari, he's been away. So who knows? And I thought, well, obviously Kitchen's going to come in and this is his chance then to be in his left centre-back role. And obviously then Fads and Bobby Thomas, but the cha- the team news came out and 
what was your sort of thoughts, Matt? You know, no Bobby Thomas, Latavodia starting, Louis Binks getting his first start. I mean, that, I think, raised a few eyebrows, but by all accounts, he'd been very impressive in training. And and probably he's been there, obviously, a little bit, a few more weeks than Kitchen. Do you think he, he has deserved to be given an opportunity rather than just be sort of cast aside again for the new guy coming in? What, do you, what did you make of the team? Yeah, I would agree. I think... Um when we signed somebody for the amount of money that we reportedly have signed uh, kitchen for you kind of saying this is somebody who's been brought into play you know we obviously will have players it, it, kind of use it as a comparison with a sakamoto everybody seems to be a little bit losing their mind with the fact sakamoto doesn't be doesn't seem to be getting the opportunities that people might have thought he would would be getting at this stage and um, because we signed him for 1.5 million pounds and you know Okay, I get it. The last 15 seasons, we haven't done that. We maybe, I think Hamer's the only player we've signed for over a million in the last 15 years. But that shows how different this summer has been, whereby if you sign somebody for that amount of money now at this football club, it doesn't guarantee you anything. You're going to have to work your way into the team. And it's all about, as you as you rightly mentioned, competition for places, um, having that strength in depth that's able to say, look, we've got people who can come off the bench or even we can rest players for a period of time and bring them back in. They're the kind of options that we're going to have now that we probably haven't had in the past or we certainly certainly haven't had in the past. So going back to the point on kitching, for, if you spend over four million, we're still at a point where you expect him to come in and, and certainly get into the team. So it was surprising that you thought, Somebody from the defence, most likely Latibodier is going to miss out because of the international break. It reportedly, they only came back on Thursday. So mm. it seemed unlikely for either him and Palmer to come back into the team. And I thought it just made sense for um, Kitchen to, to get a start. But yeah, as you say, Binks, um, all the talk has been that he, he obviously has played or or performed really well in training over the last couple of weeks and I'm sure beyond that so yeah it probably felt like he was just maybe a little bit more prepared to come in at this stage and um and, and fill in for a change that he wanted to to make with Thomas um and again it goes back to that point Thomas obviously had his worst game for us in, against Watford before the break and it shows now you know if you do drop off to any level there are people there ready to come in so yes. I was a bit surprised that um Thomas maybe came out, but maybe we shouldn't be surprised by that kind of stuff now yeah. because maybe in prior seasons that wouldn't have happened off, off the back of one game. But now you are in a situation in most positions, you are going to lose the your, options. your spot. Yeah. yeah. Well, it wouldn't have happened in previous years because I just, we just didn't have, do you know what I mean? We didn't yeah. have the numbers, did we? I mean, we've had, you look at the defenders and you know, Binks came in and I thought, you know, being there in the ground, watching him live, I thought, yeah, I actually thought he, he proved actually, yeah, he, he doesn't look out of place you know so we've got five center backs there who if you have a poor game you you are going to lose your shirt i think you know yeah. like you said previous seasons you know we've we've sometimes had like one player per position you know we had bidwell just had the left wing back slot you know last year he could play as as bad or as as you know as he wanted to say and he would never yeah. lose his shirt whereas now through the center backs you know fads is probably the only one who you go he's he's nailed on guaranteed to start because he just is the glue and brings everything together. together. But if De Silva falls off the edge, then Bidwell's ready to step in. And and then the same with all the other positions really. And with O'Hare coming back, that's going to put extra pressure on. So yeah, yeah, I thought, I mean, it was a bit of a, and then obviously the other big one to talk about was Liam Kelly coming in and the injury uh, that we now know because he wasn't initially, it was like, there was all the rumours on Twitter of Bombs going, there's no Ben Sheaf in the squad. And I was thinking, oh no. And then 
it turns out he's had like a tear in the sort of groin and, and Robbins yeah. used the word weeks rather than months. So I guess that's yeah. something, but that's a big blow, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. That is that is very disappointing. Yeah, it's probably the one player um you'd have said if if we were gonna lose somebody, who would you least want that to be? And It'd I be probably him. would yeah. have said Chief. Just because we've got talented players around the pitch, but as we say about strength and depth, you look at who potentially can come in um, to replace them and, and do a job whilst they're out. And you think, well, you, we've probably got other options. If we lost cent- a centre-back as much as we don't want that to happen, you've got quality that can come in. You've got a four point whatever million pound ready to go on the bench um, and maybe the same up front. I know people are not overly sold on Sims because of the start that he's had, but you know, somebody wasn't available up front and we had to bring Sims in. I think actually that would be an opportunity almost for him to flourish um, rather than coming on with short amount of time. And maybe the game plan has changed rather than going for a goal. So in other areas of the pitch, you kind of say, okay, well, it's not ideal, but we could live with it a bit better and centre midfield, obviously after the internet, sorry, the transfer window closed, that was the one position people were saying that's where we look a bit light. Um, And I think it's a fine balance because yes, you ideally probably wanted somebody else coming in centre midfield during the window, but also you can't, we don't want to sign people on loan. Obviously that's a clear message. We're going to be spending money on people. So then you've got to have a balance of, of how that works. You can't bring people in and just have loads of them not available to be in the squad or, or, um, or sitting on the bench for weeks and weeks on end. So it's a really difficult balance when you're looking at who you're going to bring in center midfield. So it's a tricky one. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what you think. What, what do you reckon long term in terms of if he is out, I've heard potentially up to maybe eight weeks, what would you think is the best option for us to to, to kind of cover that area? Because it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a tricky one because I think, like you said, centre mid is the one position you wouldn't have wanted like a you know a, a reasonably long term injury for. I think I, I totally agree with you. I, d- I don't I didn't want us to sign a cent- any old centre mid for the sake of it. We clearly yeah. wanted to do something. And I'm sure when January comes, regardless of the, anyone's injury situation, we will go out and we're probably looking now. At, okay, who we're gonna who we're gonna buy? Mm. Ben Sheaf is real blow because you know Kelly and Eccles. I thought they did fine, but yeah. neither of them have got a particularly sort of robust injury record. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't hang your hat on either of them going through to January without picking up an injury. I'd be I'd be pretty pleasantly surprised and, and um yeah. pumped if they did. But then you look beyond that and you go you know, does it open up the door for Latabodier to to come into a central defensive midfield role, which I know Robbins had sort of when he was asked about it, was slightly sort of it came across slightly reluctant, but obviously then Chief's injury. I guess then the obvious one is Jamie Allen. And I yeah. think I I I and again, he's someone who, again, he hasn't got the most robust of injury records. So mm-hmm. I think that's the problem now that I think that I'm nervous that we are one other injury in that position away from really being Real down danger. to bare bones already, which is which is not ideal. But mm. I think Josh Eccles has actually been a lot more robust when he has been in centre mid. I think it was when he was right wing back, he, he ended up picking up these injuries. And that might be nothing to do with the position, but maybe, mm. maybe, maybe it is. And yeah. I, I think, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, there's always been periods in Robbins' tenure where there's been injuries and met, and that somehow like almost forced his hand to have to make a change, whether it was Jody Jones getting injured in League Two and him having to change the formation to a 4-4-2, or whether it was Tony Andrew the year after, and or, or the League One winning season when we then went back, went to the original, the box the first time from a yeah. 4-3-3 to a to a three, you know, a five, three, four, two, one sort of thing. And um, so I don't know. I, I think at this point it will continue and persist, but it, there's there's certainly things he's got to think about because Ben Sheaf is a crucial player. And I think what he just bring gives you that physicality. I thought Liam Kelly did look quite sharp, which was which was good because sometimes with Liam Kelly, I do worry that I thought when I looked at Hull's midfield, Seri, and I thought could be, you know, yeah. twine. There's a lot of energy, a lot of legs, power. But actually, I thought they did well. And Ayari, a, a here's the question for you. I, when we signed Ayari, I thought he was a centre mid. But when I've watched him, I'm like, and Robbins, when he talked about his sort of off-the-ball defensive running, I was like, yeah, he does not trust putting him in centre mid right now. But I have to say, I thought he he was unbelievable. I, mm. I thought he looked an absolute sort of joke, to be fair. Some of his <laughs> stuff he was yeah. doing was Hamer literally was Hamer, like the, the, the sort of not the off the ball closing down, but with the ball, the little flicks, the sort of no look passes. He looked, he looked very, very good. Um, yeah. And and there was that period in the first half when we got the goal, and um, well, let's come on to the goal now. Then the you know Josh Eccles with a nice corner, and I can't remember the last time we scored direct from a corner like that. But Joel Latibodier, you know, Robbins had conned us all into thinking he wasn't going to play, <laughs> and then he started and scored. There's a great header and nice, nice for one of the new signings to get get the first, on the score sheet for the first time this season, isn't it? Yeah, he's somebody who's really bedded into the club nicely. I think one of the things um, for me that may be a concern when you have so much change, we've we've built such a nice atmosphere around the football club, that connection between the, the fans and the players, but also the connection that you have within the club as well, uh, uh, amongst the players themselves. And he's somebody who seems to really have come in as a new player, but taken the lead with kind of making sure that that relationship between the players and the fans is really good. Seems like a good character around the um, around the training pitch and just a generally good character as well. So he's definitely one of the pluses of the season so far for me. He's somebody actually, when it comes to free transfers, uh, I knew that was there was going to have to be some impact of free transfers coming into the club. And when I looked at people who were free, as you tend to do, um, and available, then you kind of say, right, a balance between relatively young, but also can still have an impact and, and, and do something for the club. And he was one that specifically stood out for me. So I was delighted when I signed him. And I think, yeah, going back to the goal, itself um it, it's really poor i guess actually from a from a whole perspective mm. if that's the other way around and there were a couple of chances that they had which were similar um then yeah you'd be absolutely fuming because he, he's just completely free and it's not like he does some crazy zigzag run to get free no, no. or he just stands there, doesn't move he? he just kind of stands there and is left free um so it's a nice ball by Eccles. it's a, it's a really good header i don't want to make that sound like i'm taking anything away from latibode yeah it's an out swinging corner so he has to put the direction yeah, and, and the power back onto yeah, the ball yeah. um so it's a really good header um not to take anything away from it and it's really good obviously that we do appear to have that threat still from uh, from corners and set pieces so yeah really good header really good goal from his perspective but if again if that's if if that's against us you're absolutely fuming. It's it's a terrible piece of it, marking and defending. It is, and and then I guess that leads leads on to the big chance that they had, mm. which was a corner as well. And it was actually Latimer. Yeah, lot just that Greaves just pulled away 
uh, from him and he had a completely free header and he headed it back into the path of uh, Aaron Connolly and from where I was sat I just was the thought right yeah the net, net's going to board and somehow he uh, pulled it wide but that was again I'd have been equally as, as fuming because I just yeah. think you can't you have to win that first contact and that's anything with Latibodier yeah, he's not like the tallest I mean he, yeah. he looked like he really you know on the ball he's he's now we've seen him both left side and right side of the, in, in the back three and he, and he looks equally as comfortable uh, probably more comfortable on the right because obviously you know right footed, but he looked you know he looked good. But yes, there was those li- that was probably Hull's one chance in that first half. But we then really got a foothold and we started then playing between the lines and I, I, and then we almost made it two a really nice move. Um, uh, the ball played across the box and, and had you right turning it over the bar. And I th- when, it, when I saw it go that high, I thought well, it must have got a deflection, must be a corner. And then the ref was like, no, no, goal kick. But that was a, that was a good move, wasn't it? And we were really yeah. linking up, like it feels like we're a threat symmetrical now on both sides. You know, that you go back to two years ago and when we had Ian Matson, it felt like we literally just had a left side. We didn't have a right side to match. Whereas I think Jada Silva, is, it looks such a good player. I think he is a tremendous free free transfer and then Milan Vaneva, every game, he's just opening up his legs now. And we need to talk about the the sprint he did. Like when Philogene, who is no mug, on, you know, on, for them, was was away. He had a 10-yard head start. Mm-hmm. And Milan Vaneva, absolutely, like Kyle Walker-esque, just reeled him in. And then like, didn't even just get up to him, then went past him, got yeah. to the ball. And the whole stadium like, almost like laughed. Like, it all just was like, oh, my word. I mean... Yeah, that was that was pretty ridiculous to see that pace because he made him look like a snail. Um, but going forward, his one-touch passing, he was link, getting so high up. He, he, he nice passes with a Yari, and it, I mean, we we showed some good quality, didn't we? In in that mm. there was from maybe twenty-five minutes in that first half when we'd gone to Hull, and I thought, wow, uh, you know, a, a tough place to go. They're a good team, but for twenty-five minutes in that first half, we we looked like a, a level above them. You know, because yeah. it was starting to click apart from that very final, you know, because there was a Jada Silva had a chance, didn't he? And yeah. he didn't know whether to cross or shoot. And it's just that final moment, isn't it? In the final third that we're just lacking because yeah. if, if we start turning in those chances, you go two and a little, but I think it's, I think it's game over. Yeah. Um, it's fine margins, isn't it? You know, you are, you are right. Some of those chances, maybe just that, that level of sharpness or getting used to the, to, to playing at a new club or whatever it might be. But there were a few opportunities in there where you, you look at the build-up play and you think that was fantastic. I mean, even going back to the goal, the, the, the corner came from such a incisive piece of play. I think it got uh, went into Hadji right in midfield, one-touch ball over the top, uh, down the right wing. I think it was to, to Van Uwick. And he shows what he can do in terms of his pace. And, you know, if if that ball doesn't get cut out it's probably easily turned in for 2-0 and and as you say 2-0 that's going to be a real difficult um kind of mountain for them to to overcome so we're really nice touches of football but again it's just the fine margins the taking your chances maybe just a little bit of sharpness had you right looks a fantastic footballer to me but there are a few chances coming his way which you're just kind of like thinking yeah a little bit more on it a little bit sharper um the, the, the goals are going to come for him. And that was probably indicative of that period of time after we went 1-0 up. There was some fantastic football. Um, but just... Don't be ruthless, don't we? We're just not yeah. quite ruthless yet. You, know, you look at like and Leicester. Maybe the final decision as well, like De Silva. I think it looks like he's indecisive between a cross or a shot. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's he's gone for a shot, but 
it's the wrong decision to be honest with you in yeah. that position he's he's got a real difficult job of trying to score from that position but if he plays into the middle i think godden's right there we're yeah, almost yeah. a tap in if he plays the right ball so it's just a couple of it's a little bit of sharpness going back to the chance for connolly as well i did want to mention that that again another sign of sharpness that for me was a real that you can get caught out in a game of football and and concede goals and maybe say, okay, well, we were pulled out of position, so that's why something's gone wrong. There were so many issues with that moment for me, which we we should be using them as such a strong example. I'm sure Robbins will be over the next um, coming games, days ahead of Cardiff. Not just the fact that their uh, their initial header was was essentially able to pull away, the man was able to pull away quite simply and and get a free header on it. But Connolly, he stood on the keeper. If you watch it, stood on the keeper. In ninety nine percent of occasions, you'll have a defender trying to stop him from bothering the keeper, trying to prevent the keeper from coming out making a catch or whatever he's trying to do. But he stood on the keeper, and then when he sees it's out swinging, he obviously knows right. His job with the keeper's done. He reacts straight away and pulls into a position of space, and nobody goes with him again. And I'm just that's to me yeah. it was a horrific moment of him because you've allowed him to stay on the keeper and marked, and then he's been able to pull away and kind of go into space. And again, nobody seems to have any idea who's supposed to be who's supposed to be on Connolly as as a as a um attacker in that position. So just a couple of those moments were examples where you know that just a little bit of sharpness can have such a massive effect in the game because he should score yeah of course um, he should and yeah. that and that completely changes the game but going the other side as you said we take one of those other chances we create go to an up i think we're it, we're going away it, with three points it's it's difficult because as as, as much as i say for 25 minutes we looked really really good like looked yeah. and maybe it's just you know we've all got like subconsciously higher expectations of a sort of thing but we we were showing, we were like, actually, we are like Van Ayer, like we've got some brand new assets. You know, we've got a great bench. We've got players still to come back. But then there are other periods in the game, maybe the first 10 minutes, um, first 10, 15 minutes, where I, yeah. it's it's the opposite of, of that period when we look really good. And, and suddenly I, I, I don't know, sometimes I watch us and when it all clicks, you know that like that's the answer to sort of the question I'm about to ask, which is, because you see it work, you see, ah, that's what we want to do. But there's two yeah. other times where it feels like it goes Latibodier, so right centre-back to Fads, to Binks, to Fads. And I'm like, well, where's the, what's the next plan? Like, I'm yeah. like, what, you know, I think ideally if we can get a wing back really high up in space, great. But I'm like, where's the midfield? Like, I feel like Eccles and Kelly, or even when it was Sheaf and Eccles or whoever, they've got, someone's got to do a job of whether they don't just pass it straight back. Like, you know, yeah. what Hamer would do is he would get the ball and yes, he might, it's a risk, but he would turn and on a half turn, suddenly rather than being facing uh, Ben Wilson again, he'd be yeah. facing their goalie. And suddenly that just in that one little moment, being able to receive the ball and turn because then he's got Ayari or whoever it is ahead of him. Now Ayari yeah. was doing it, but I just wanted to see Kelly and Eccles do it. And then during that moment when we play well, they did do that and you go, yeah. okay, that's fine. But we we the tendency we have, and we'll come on to the second half now, is again, we actually had a period of 15, 20 minutes where Godden had a shot blocked and Kelly had a, a shot saved. And there was a couple of other moments where I wanted had you right to just do one touch shoot and we mm. and we didn't actually get chances because we were just still a bit clunky and it not coming together. Yeah. And then we make a couple of changes, which really surprised me in terms of mm. the, you know, um Ayari coming off for Palmer, because I think that position when we play two up top is monumentally important 
you know, yeah. otherwise it feels like so disconnected. And from that moment, the momentum switched. And then what the tendency we seem to have is, I feel like we then just go within ourselves. And then, then we go back to trying to be, everything's ultra safe and not brave to turn and keep the, and suddenly we just give the ball away. And Robbins alluded to, you know, we keep turning the ball over. And the problem is you, you you do that and eventually you will get punished. And and like you said earlier, Matt, I don't think, and I thought about this afterwards, obviously as annoying as it was to concede, I don't necessarily think we're defending any worse than last year, mm. but I think it is just fine margins. I think there's games last year where we did keep a clean sheet, where actually on another game, they'd have probably scored and we wouldn't have kept yeah. a clean sheet. So far this season, we're not getting, not I want to say rub the green, but it is just fine margins. Those ones that were going wide, last year that Conley header might go wide past the post, whereas mm. th- this season they're going in and we're just, and that then just highlights the lack of ruthlessness, doesn't it? You know, and then... Yeah. Yeah, it could be a period of, of of games as well. You know, we would have had periods last season where you would have felt like this as well, although it, it's hard to remember because largely the majority of the second half of the season, things did seem to go away. And there were definitely moments last season, and certainly in that running of games, maybe the last three months or so, where a lot of things went our way. You know, we were, look, again, don't want to say, say lucky, but we were rather fortunate in terms of injuries I guess in the last few months where a lot of our main important players didn't get injured we obviously have had issues with injury last season but a majority of the main important players to us didn't get injured you know when you have a moment like we had at Blackburn uh, away obviously you kind of get that impression that things are are going your way and maybe the rubber the green as you say was was kind of on our side so but we would have had spells certainly maybe a little bit before that I think after Christmas early part of this year we we had a bit of a difficult period of time but maybe uh, you know i remember a, a few unfortunate situations there as well so i think what's frustrating is the fact of obviously we, we are so close fine margins of where we are at the moment as a football club we could have just a little bit more sharpness or maybe a little bit different decision making when we got that goal we could have gone two nil up and really controlled that game we're probably allowing ourselves to be in a situation where we are vulnerable to um to you know fortune maybe going against us and it costing us with regards to points because you know the, the header from Connolly, i don't know i mean it's a it's a good header it's a, a I guess an instinctive header it's it's a it's a decent finish i guess you can say but you're not going to have that happen every week no. where somebody's backwards headering from like 15 yards out and it kind of i think more than anything shocked wilson he didn't seem ready for the fact that you know he was gonna obviously put an effort in goal from the situation he was in so you're allowing maybe at the minute we're allowing ourselves to um be caught out if those moments do go against us whereas in if once these players are all fully up to speed i can see us kind of taking a situation like that against hall on friday night and saying right we've gone one up we may be going to get a little bit more space now like we did we put nice passages of play together and from one of those passages of play we've got the players there to to finish it off and put us a couple of goals ahead and we can really control the game there versus a one goal lead where actually you're always still vulnerable um and these these things can then can happen they do they do and i i think we just need to i feel like on transitions We've just been a bit sloppy, you know, like in the first half we showed and we've showed this season that actually we can be a real threat more than because last season we didn't really do it because of injuries and personnel. But like we've showed this season that and against Hull for periods of time, we can sort of pen them in. Do you know what I mean? And pass it around and look a real threat. But we need to retain the threat that we had on transition. But the problem is 
when we're you know when a team's sort of penning and penning us in a bit because they're the home side they're they're one nil down we need to retain that ability to break and there was a couple of moments and again this is just decision making like so had you right had been taken off Ellis Sims came on and we'll get on to like you know some of the critic uh that you know is all over social media on Sims but there was one where a nice little play I think it was Palmer flicked around to um Sims and he was running and Van Avak absolutely was just bombing like overlapping on the right and and then he was pointing where he wanted it and Sims didn't use him and just continued trying to run. I don't know where he thought he was on, like if he thought he was like one on one or something, and then try to play this ball to Palmer. Palmer's on his heels, and then they break. And you think we've gone from a real good opportunity there. And yeah. That's that ruthlessness. It's, it's the decision making, and I think. And then, it, and then, it, and then the problem was it just sort of fizzled out because every time we give the ball away, it it just comes back. Do you know what I mean? That they they, they yeah. then attack again. They'd keep the ball for another five minutes and press us in and balls in the box and we last season we were very very good at the transition and I'm not necessarily saying we were really good with the ball I think it was just a case we had a striker called Jokerez who literally <laughs> would just bully like it would chase a lost cause and somehow make something out of nothing yeah. I'm not I don't think we were any better necessarily with the quick break passing I still think we were probably as as sloppy as we were against, you know against Hull but we had a striker who just he, he'd make a 50-50 in his favour all, all the time. Yeah. So we just got to work on those little things, haven't we? But I do want to talk and ask you about Ellis Sims. Um, mm. Obviously, he's had not the start that, you know, he'd have wanted. Obviously, no goals. I mean, Hadji Wright's only got one, but he, 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 a lot of fans have been quite critical. He seems to be the signing who's got the, you know, he's going to have to overcome the sort of criticism. A bit like Ben Sheaf did when we signed him, you know, permanent people are a bit like, all right, okay. Yeah. What what do you think? Is he overthinking it? Does he need obviously he needs a goal, but what do you make of the criticism? Do you think it's fair? Is it, you know, it's a bit early, isn't it? Sort of you know, to be hammering, you know, a player. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, six games in, but you think it's not six games in because he's he's been coming off the bench for a majority of those games yet. as well. So I don't exactly know how much game time it's been for him, but six games in if he'd have started every every minute and and you know had the same stats as he does now it'd be a bit more worrying obviously but it still wouldn't be cause for for writing him off as a player i think he's shown across his still relatively short career um overall like he has enough quality to be a force for us at championship level no doubt so yeah people writing him off 100 that's that that's ridiculous at this stage. I don't think obviously he can be completely shielded of of criticism of, of his performances when he's come on. So there's definitely stuff for him to work on. I think yeah, it's a fair point to say possibly he's overthinking it. You know, he's maybe one of those players whereby, uh, I mean, he's had starts, hasn't he? And, and obviously he hasn't scored in in those games as well. So you can't say, oh, I'm sure if he starts a game, he's going to bang two or three goals in because we've he's had that opportunity, he's not done it. But maybe he's one of those players who he's he's got to get his career going with the football club and bringing him on for 20, 25 minutes. Certainly in a game where we're playing against Hull on the road, difficult game, and we're one and we've lost the momentum. The focus exactly. At that and point, the focus he comes is, on. And the focus isn't to score a goal at that point. Obviously, there is an element of a focus to always score a goal. That's, you know, that that would be a pretty obvious statement. But at that moment, the focus is win the game and we're already in position to win the game. So it's a different proposition to him as it would be in a game where, 
you know, we need to to chase it. We need to go out and get a goal. So I'm not, this isn't uh, something to say we can totally protect his performances and say he doesn't need to do better. I just think, yeah, there is an element of overthinking it. Maybe it's not really played into his hands in terms of when he's been coming on in games. I'm I'm still very confident that yeah. we've got a great player in Ellis Sims. He's 22 um, years old, isn't he? People exactly. forget. I think some fans genuinely, because he looks like older with his beard, and I think some fans think he's like 26, 27. I yeah. really do. Uh, Plus, he's done things in his career, hasn't he? You know, he's he's been on loan at a few different clubs. So you see these hard seven goals in fifteen and he's games. Been, yeah, he's been he's been at Sunderland and he's been at Hearts. I think it was, and um, he might have been somewhat was it Blackpool as well. And then you see he scored at Stamford Bridge, and you kind of think that looks like the body of work. Is somebody probably is in their mid twenties? Um, but yeah, it's and yeah, you mentioned the beard as well. Um, but yeah, he's still a very young striker. And I think you flip it on his head and you say, well, actually, you see all these highlights of goals. He's scored at all of those clubs at the age of 22 very brief opportunity for Everton in the Premier League but he still made his his mark and, and yeah. had an impact so definitely there's a striker in there who can be a valuable player for us I think it's just a case of um yeah take a, a little bit of pressure off his own shoulders that he's put in himself hopefully by getting a goal at some stage and then um just relaxing into into his in his, his country city's career it kind of feeds into the conversation we're having around competition as well. You know, again, any season over the last 15, certainly maybe even 20 years, if you come in for 3.5 million plus add-ons, you are starting 100% nailed on and you're six games in, you would have played, you know, six games, basically, largely the, the full way through. And now it shows where we've come as a club where if you maybe aren't quite on it straight away, then you've got, you've got options off the bench and you also will get replaced and you will be the option off the bench and you need to find a way to kind of work your yourself back into the team so yeah it's not been the start that you would have wanted and there's there's definitely work to do we can't shield him from total criticism because he hasn't performed as well as he should have done in the time that he's had on the pitch but also i'm confident there's there's a, there's a valuable striker for us yeah no 100 percent, and I, I think he's been a bit unfortunate with um sort of I don't think he's had a real clear chance I mean people forget in pre-season he was banging all the goals in so we know he yeah. can finish um yeah uh, you know you look at the Watford game if Hadji Wright slips him in and try instead of trying to shoot he potentially then takes it in his stride scores the winning goal at the CBS in a 4-3 win and we, we all go that's the moment I think there's just it's just not falling for him I I I just don't think he's had a chance uh like a real golden chance where you go okay He's, he's taking it in stride and shoot. He makes a lot of runs, Sims, and people don't see him. People don't pass it to him. And obviously, so then and the fans don't see it because the ball never goes through to him. Then the fans go, oh, he, he didn't do anything. It's like he's trying to make these runs. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a very good uh, player. And I look forward to, and that brings me nicely on to this uh, this Friday. There are tickets still available uh, for a Meet the Players event. Myself and... Uh, Dino will be speaking with Matty Godden and Ellis Sims, who we've just been talking about at the uh, Dylan's Brewery this time. Uh, usually they're at the Sky Blue Tavern, um, but there's uh, the event sort of uh, venue is sold out um, for, to another means. So it is at the brewery where we all enjoy our pre-match sort of pint. So 
head over to the uh, Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Brewery social media pages, and then you can book your tickets uh, for an evening um, with myself, Dino, Ellis Sims, and Matty Godden as well. And there's going to be a quiz and raffle and all sorts of good things, and obviously plenty of beer and some food available as well. So make sure you check that out on Friday. And I uh, yeah look forward to. I think it'll be good for to be able to, Ellis Sims to feel some love from the fans. And I think, you know, the last event when we had Haji Wright, I think he really appreciated, you know, the fans singing. So should be another great evening. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting to know Ellis Sims a little bit more and, you know, hear from hear from the man himself. Back to the, the game, just to round up uh, and finish off the game, finish one all. Uh, but I do want to touch on, we spoke about the goal, but then there was an incident on the halfway line. Louis Binks <laughs> uh, looked like, I, I mean, from what you're, uh, from when you were watching it, Matt, mm. what did you make of it? I mean, obviously live, I was sort of switching between looking at play, you know, yeah. because the, the, the ref had gone with the play and then there was a yellow card. I can't even remember who did that foul. But obviously he they were breaking and then someone, I don't know, obviously I think it was Connolly, wasn't it? Someone was holding Binks and he was obviously out of position trying to get back. And then he turns around and seems to, I think he's quite a lucky boy personally because yeah. he does, does uh, give him a slap maybe. It doesn't look great when you watch it back, does it? Um, yeah, it's one of those, you kind of, because play's going on, you don't really stop and think about it during, during the actual yeah. game. But when you see it back afterwards, it doesn't look great. I know people are saying, uh, he, he's having his arm held and he's just trying to get free and whatever else. I guess that's quite possible, but yeah, he's a bit fortunate. I, I'm all right. You say, I mean, it was a bit of a whirlwind at that time. We, I think pretty much everybody on the pitch for has got booked, but he did get booked for that in the end. Yes, didn't he, he? I, I, I think so. I mean, because Rosinia then sort of, you know, was going apoplectic in, in the dugout. He then, And it's so funny, watching Robbins, he was just literally a statue on the corner of the dugout. He literally <laughs> stands there, arms folded, like no emotion, just nothing. And Rossini then got booked. I think Binks did because he must have, because obviously although the officials have comms and stuff and someone yeah. must have seen what was going on because it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a, because then Binks got pushed over by another yeah. hole player and then yeah. he died, dived like a salmon over it. It was all just some one big sort of clusterfuck, wasn't it really at that point? But yeah. uh, but what that I liked about Binks there and I and I actually yeah briefly mentioned his performance because mm. I thought he did he did settle in, but that showed a side to his character that I didn't. It sort of surprised me, you know. This maybe because yeah. he just looks like a really nice sort of friendly guy. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily think he's got that sort of those sort that of that dark side to him, but actually I thought I, he was he was up for the battle, you know. Yeah, uh, and so I was impressed, and I think it gives us that other option, doesn't it? Um, Yes, yeah, an important game for him because obviously he's not had really much of an opportunity to this point. And we have got, we almost settled into a routine of the back three before then. And, you know, he's kind of waiting already for potential injuries and suspenses to get into the side. And then he sees, obviously, we go out and sign somebody else for a, a big amount of money. And he knows straight away that has to drop him down the pecking order. Um, so it was, I, I'm sure personally for him, a massive game mm. to try and set a mark of what he can do. And I think centre-half is going to be, um, obviously, a massive. it's always a massively important position, but you're going to need those reinforcements throughout the course of a season. Because if we play with three, obviously you lose one and then you're already down to, you know, potentially a, a three and, and one sub. So, and if we do potentially look at what we might do with Latibodier as well, if there is that conversation around him moving up the pitch, then that really pushes that that conversation forward in itself. So it was an important game for him. And I, I agree. I think it showed 
we've got somebody there who you could rely on coming in to firstly yeah be up for the be up for the fight which is what you want to see certainly in that area of the pitch you want somebody who's got that bit of guile to them I mean, and not afraid to get themselves stuck in and some moments of real quality in defense as well um to the extent where you say yeah do you know what if there is a requirement for him to come into the sides um i don't expect that he's going to be a first choice at any point but if he does need to come into the side i'd be more than confident for, for for him to do so you know there was enough about his performance for for me to say yeah i'd be quite comfortable to see him uh you know starting for for his stages of the city of the season as i'm sure he'll have to do yeah yeah certainly and uh yeah he did show second half a couple of really nice passes um yeah looks uh yeah, the tackle look, as well there's a real moment with um the chance we had for a god and i think it ended up being but it started from a really good tackle from from Binks, which allowed us to break, and yeah, there's def- definitely enough moments for him to, to be positive. Yeah, yeah. and um, so then let's finish off, Matt. What's who's your man of the match um, from the game? Who would you go with? I would go with Latibodia just because getting the goal. Um, I think again, he's he's performed really well for us so far since coming into the club, being a really important player. I don't think there was anybody who massively stood head and shoulders above anybody else. You know, there were a few people. I think Van was a positive for us again. Um, I think, you know, Hadji Wright showed moments again of why he's going to be a big signing for us and I think have a big future for us. But he maybe had a few moments where you're like, oh, things could have just gone a bit different. De Silva again, very solid, but maybe a few moments as well. And I think, a nod to what you said earlier as well, in terms of Liam Kelly, you know, came in and did exactly what you'd hope him to do as an experienced player. So I don't know that there was anybody who massively stood out to the extent where you say you'd have to go with them. Um, so I'd probably lean towards Latibodier as a defender to, to obviously get the goal um, and, and give him that moment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. So we don't have to wait long uh, for the Sky Blues next game. Back in action on Tuesday night against Cardiff City, who will be going into the game full of confidence, finally ending their sort of rotten run in the the Wales Derby, uh, beating Swansea on Saturday night. 2-0, 2-0, uh, goals from Oli Tanner and uh, Aaron Ramsey penalty. It's a place where we got our first away win last season, Matt, when we went up to Cardiff. Obviously, that was a Saturday. Um, we've gone back to this customary dark <laughs> midweek night up there. Um, it's a game that, look, we, well, you know, we've got, we've had one defeat, one win, you know, four draws. We do want to get a win. And uh, if we could go there and get three points... I think it'd make the whole point look really good in the grand scheme of things. It's a game that you could conceivably see being a draw, although I'm already getting bored of draws, but like 
what what are your thoughts? How do you feel going, you know, going into this game? Um, are you confident? What 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 are you expecting? It's a difficult one to call. They they've only drawn one game, I think, this season. It was the first game of the season against Leeds, and even that game they'd be horrified to have drawn it because they were two 0 up um going into I think uh, late in the game and I think certainly the equaliser was was in injury time so for them draws is not something which has um you know been a regular occurrence there seems to be a lot of goal mouth goal mouth action at either end of the pitch with with regards to Cardiff the 10 goals for and, and against so it, across the course of six games there's been a lot of action in their matches um and as you say they're coming into the game off the back of a really big performance and a really big result for them in in terms of that win against Swansea which obviously as you say hasn't been an easy game for them in recent years so it's an interesting one they've I think the same amount of points as they're one place below us in the table seven points as well but got there in a very different way to us whereas they either look you know obviously a strong team with their with their victories and potentially could have gone to Leeds on the opening day and got a win um, but also there's been some really bad performances in there and some some negative losses as well so a really hard team to call from the perspective of who's going to play as well they've got a really big squad and you look they at have, it yeah. they're kind of obviously the the big name the real standout is obviously going to be Aaron Ramsey coming back to or coming to the club um and, and, and obviously ticking that box for him as a, a boyhood dream, I guess, playing for Cardiff City. It's gone well so far. He's got a good few goals to his name as well. So, But if you look past that, you look and you kind of think, there's names that you've heard of, definitely, as a, as a fan of a championship club. Um, a lot of people who've played at this level for a long time, but not a lot of players where you're saying, you know, they're on the cusp of going on to do great things necessarily at the moment. You kind of, you know, got... O'Dowd or Callum Robinson or Carlin Grant or Josh Bowler maybe is is one that you might look at, but he's possibly going to be injured and Yaku Maite and, and people like this, all people who've played at this level quite a lot, um, but maybe in a lot of those cases are on the downward curve of their career as well. So it makes it hard to call because, and this probably leads into the fact that there's a lot of goal mouth action. It generally ends up being, you know, one way or the other for them because these are talented players or people who have been talented, but also are maybe on the the backward step of their career. Yes. So I think there's going to be, it's one of those that could go either way. Um, and yeah, I am a bit nervous because of that. And I'm a bit nervous with the fact that they're coming in, obviously on the back of that big result, although there could be a little bit of a hangover for that as well. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I actually, because I'm glad they, they won uh, because I think, you know, they'd gone to Ipswich before the international break with two, you know, two and look lost three, two, they went to Leicester. Yeah. We're going to get a point conceded in the 96th minute. They weren't getting the results that, you know, they'd had some poor performances in there, but they were also not probably on looking worse off than what their performances had possibly merited. And my yeah. concern was if they lose to Swansea or something, then they're almost certain that it's going to click, you know, when they play us. So I'm actually quite yeah. glad. And and also Mark Robbins cannot use the, yeah, oh, they've had it. We've had a day less because we've had a day more to prepare. Yeah. So uh, he can, there's no excuses. No actually excuses. The, next two, the next two games he can't because Huddersfield play on yeah. Wednesday. So yeah. I, I, I'm the same as you. I think they're a bit of an unknown quantity. I think mm. the the manager is, is also one and he seems to often when you get like a you know foreign manager someone who no one really knows sometimes it, it all feels like quite early on it sort of falls apart he actually seems mm. like they've got quite a good spirit there like mm. you know a lot of the new players have signed uh, new deals and committed to the club and obviously committing to to the project that they've got that they've got got going on there 
I think the supporters are, you know, a good friend of mine is a Cardiff fan and he he sort of feels like, you know, the last two years have just been pretty dire and drab. And actually it feels like they've got a bit of freshness. So I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they expect, he expects them to sort of be probably any better than, you know, top half, but yeah, yeah. but like, or top half sort of mid table. But I think that they're, they're certainly, they've certainly improved a lot than they were last year. I don't think they're going to be involved in a, in a relegation uh, scrap no. or anything like that. And like you say, they've got players there who, if they can find their way again, find their feet. Carlin Grant was a 15 million pound player a few years ago. He's lost his way and it hasn't looked very impressive, but then you sort of go, well, there's got to be a reason why he went there. Same with Callum Robinson. So they've got some good depth and centre mid, they've got a load of depth. And I sort of wish we had, we had that sort of depth really. Um, Well, this is the big question for me. I don't know. I'd be keen to get your thoughts on it. Touching back on something you said earlier on in the podcast, obviously, around Ayari and around transitional part of the pitch as well. And and then you look at a game like this against Cardiff, where they do potentially have a relatively strong centre midfield. You know, they had rules on the bench on, on uh, Saturday night as their captain. It shows you they're not going to do that. This possibly, apologies if, I, if I've missed something with an injury, but you're not going to do that if... Um, if you haven't got depth, you haven't got people that you you can rely on and you think are obviously quality players. So I think it's massively important that midfield battle, as it always is. It sounds really obvious to say, but what what do you think around our area? I know we touched on it earlier. I know he's massively impressed in that kind of ability to create space and maybe find a person and things which maybe lead a bit more to playing a bit further up the pitch. But for me, it's massively important that we have that level of quality in centre midfield because it's what we, we, we've obviously been able to rely on over the last couple of seasons with Hamer. I'm not suggesting he's he's going to be a direct or is a direct replace for Hamer at the minute, but he's 19. Um, you've seen enough or I've seen enough in him to think he has got the ability to help us from that transitional perspective. In terms of maybe, you know, we talk about the fact the back three have, have, have seemed a little unsure of what to do. I think there's a big game plan to obviously attack out wide with the likes of Anywick and, and De Silva are dangerous players. Maybe they're looking at centre midfield, even with Ben Sheaf in there and thinking, have we got somebody that I'm going to play the ball to in centre midfield who can who can maybe get the ball, nice touch, turn away, go and set things up from that perspective? It's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I've thought about this long and hard. I wonder, it'd be, it's good to have options. Does... Mm. The only way it just I do I do agree I think you know he showed actually a lot a lot more tenacity off the ball than I'd seen you know in his other cameos clearly on the ball yeah. is his talents can't be questioned yeah but like you say in those moments to be able to turn a player you know he did that turn against Watford you know where he just absolutely like yeah sold everybody for a hot dog sort of thing and then, and then yeah. that having that ability suddenly you're on the front foot I, I, yeah. it's a tricky one because I sort of go does Robbins want to go to the box. Because with Callum yeah. O'Hare's back, you look at it and go, could you have O'Hare and Ayari in front yeah. of, say, a Kelly and an Eccles? Because then those two yeah. can just sit. Mm-hmm. And then they and then you can push Van back, you can push to Silver up. I mean, and we know how much Robbins loves the box. Like, he, lo- he loves that formation sort of thing. And I, it's a tricky one because I could, I'm sort of excited at the prospect of Ayari and Palmer. You know, you've got yeah. Sakamoto there as well. And yeah. so it's interesting, but I do agree. I, I, I sort of think... Sometimes it's really important who goes with him. That's the, that's the big thing, isn't it? You know, he's not going to be your, I I actually, uh, you know, quite uh, good friends with somebody who's a Brighton fan and and kind of got a little bit of a heads up on him when he came into the club. And I know he hasn't played 
a lot for them in the first team. But from from his from the conversation I had with him, he's not a kind of tenacious ball winning midfielder by any account. But he is somebody who will cover ground. He will go after trying to win the ball back and, and can do a job which leads itself to centre midfield. But do you think maybe it raises the question of who who obviously would go alongside him? Is that the important question? Um, you know, maybe he, there is an element of luxury in having him in centre midfield. If he was with a chief, you'd probably feel that that would fit quite nicely. Now we're not going to have Sheaf. He was to go into that area. I don't know. Who do you think, if it were to happen, would be ideal to go oh, alongside it's a, him? It's a tricky one, isn't it? I sort of, I just think with Robbins, I just don't think, unless he completely trusts, because even, even with e- e- Eccles and Kelly on Friday, yeah. there's moments where if when we're sitting back, our wing backs are, d- are deep and we've just got a flat back five, those yeah. two centre mids then, are having to cover so much ground. And they always said, yeah. and that's and their goal came from it when our Cam Palmer at the time didn't get out. He yeah. that role is so important because otherwise we we we've got two centre mids who are having to cover the whole width of the pitch, basically. Yeah. In that so it's a tricky one. I, I do think Allen is going to be massively important. I, I could yeah. see him playing Allen, Eccles, and Ayari because yeah. with Allen, he trusts him. He knows what he knows he will run until he drops yeah. sort of thing yeah. and he's got that energy it's a really tricky one because then i'm like when we when i interviewed Haji right he said he actually thinks he's he prefers playing with a partner so i'm like yeah. well, okay that's what we're not just rule it out but you it makes you think well maybe he's not going to be a lone striker in a, in the box but mm-hmm. then you've got sakamoto palmer o'hare ayari i mean if we only play one cam only one of them could play so unless it's a tricky one isn't it does he move a yari yeah. into center mid to get o'hare and palmer one of them starting or does he yeah. play the box but then he drops right let's say and he has Godden at the top or Sims I actually sort of think Sims could will benefit my prediction is O'Hare will get back in the team and Sims yeah. then start scoring a lot of goals because O'Hare will draw the fouls and feed it through I want to see Sims making those runs and Ayari picking them out that yeah. I, I want to see it so it's exciting and it is, it's good to have that sort of headache isn't it but it yeah I, I think I think the issue is <laughs> I think my concern is if he if off the ball defensively he's not on it, then suddenly you you leave Eccles completely exposed then, and that's the that's the only concern. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. What do you think it will do? What do you think it will do? So that's I guess that's one conundrum, but the other one is the centre backs. Do you think he played Binks with an eye for this game? Do you think he'll go with the same back three? What what do you think he'll do? I I think he'll probably stick with it, but it's so hard to call now. I don't think Kitchen's going to come in. If we're looking at who might play in that back three for from the start for this game, I think he's obviously made it, or I personally believe he's made a decision that Kitchen maybe isn't quite up to speed yet. Obviously, he only came in right at the end of the um, the transfer window, and he's even though he had that two week period to 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 kind of obviously progress, it still puts him a lot further behind the rest of the squad and I'm sure obviously we spend that amount of money on on a player I don't think it'll be too long before he comes back in but we've got to think this is a quick turnaround you're not going to have that much time to work on things from a different perspective you know changing game plans and everything else you're only going to have a, a short period of time so I don't think there's enough time to say that Kitchen comes back in on a Tuesday if he didn't feel comfortable with him starting on a Friday when obviously he he wanted to, to to maybe give Thomas a rest or tactically, you know, leave him out of the side and brought Binks in. So from that perspective, I think he probably will start with the with the same back three because 
yeah, if he was going to make that change, I, I would have said he'd have done it on Friday versus now you've got a couple of days to turn around. You're going to have to completely start, or not completely start again, but obviously, you know, make quite a few changes and try and account for that. But you you don't know with Robbins. And there is so much competition. I wouldn't be shocked to see Kitchen start now, I've said that, because, you know, he, he has brought him in for big money. So it's going to happen mm-hmm. at some point, hopefully. And also Thomas, you know, we're not we're not ruling Thomas out. It might no. have been a thing to say, maybe there was an element of a message made there. You know, if you, if you don't quite perform to the level that you should be performing, we've got options and we can't allow people to drop off to that level. Yes. So maybe maybe he sent a message and i wouldn't rule out i wouldn't rule out any of them but i think we'll probably just given the fact that it is a short turnaround i think we'll probably start with the same uh, back three can you i i agree i think that's probably what it would do i can you envisage any other changes i probably don't think we will just again going back to the point of it's a short turnaround and i think if he was going to to make any changes they're quite uh, what's what's the way of putting this i don't think there's any natural changes that lead itself to something that isn't quite a big deal for us at the minute if that makes sense so we might have said in the past you know you you make a change you bring somebody in who's already been established for a long period of time and you kind of know what you're getting by making that change whereas at the minute if we really break down what changes he might make uh, they'd probably be unproven changes or maybe changes that haven't had the time to blend in. So I'm really hopeful that we haven't completely disregarded, as you probably guessed from my very leading question before, I, I'm very hopeful that we haven't given up on the fact of IRE having an impact to centre midfield. Um, and certainly now that obviously Sheaf has gone out, there's, there's positions there that need to be filled. But I don't see there being any possibility of that happening on Tuesday night for sure, because that's too big of a question mark to do that on a short turnaround from from what he's played on Friday night. So I don't really see there being much chance that he changes too much, to be honest with you. I think obviously the wing backs probably pick themselves of everybody's fit. I think centre midfield, again, going into this one with a short turnaround, Liam Kelly did enough to say, you know, he's he's obviously still on it to the extent that you'd like his experience in there maybe to account for the fact that we've had to make a change um, short lead. Maybe you say that that there might Jamie be something Allen? we'd look to do. Do you think it's still maybe a case of blending him back in? I, I think he's probably put him on the bench with the thought of yes, you might get on, but I'd have been shocked to see him come on on Friday night. Um, really? I, see, I, I was shocked really he surprised. didn't come on because I thought there's no way Kelly is going to be like. Because I just thought, uh, it, I mean, obviously it proved to be you, you to be right, really, and he didn't. Also, didn't come on. I, I maybe, maybe he isn't quite ready yet. I just sort of thought his energy in Kelly. I mean, can Kelly play two ninety minutes? You know, that, short... that's probably I think is what makes me think the fact that he didn't come on would make me make me think that he's probably not quite ready. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised then the next level of progression for him is obviously being on the bench again and then coming on at some stage of this game. Yeah. But I don't necessarily see him starting on the back of obviously a very serious situation for him uh, from a health perspective. And yeah, that game on 
on Friday night, you'd have said it would have made sense for him to come on. And the fact that he hasn't, to me, suggests mm. we know that Robbins isn't afraid to potentially putting someone on the bench and saying, look, in worst case scenarios, I'll potentially you'll you'll put you on in five, ten minutes towards the end of the game. But it might still be the case that they're not quite there. And I don't think he's quite there to start. I'd probably say now there's a fairly decent chance that he might come on during this game. Uh, dep- obviously depends on, on how the game goes. But uh, and I think it, going to your point, I think it definitely makes sense in terms of what's happened with the squad and Sheaf for him to be involved for sure. But I just don't think he's quite ready yet. No, I think you're. I think you're right. And obviously up, up front, uh, you know, another player who again, whose injury record isn't necessarily the best. Matty Godden's played every second of every minute of yeah. every game. He seems very reluctant to sort of take him off um, and have. You know, we haven't had Wright and Sims. Um, they've been on the pitch together for briefly, but Godden's still been on and played as like Cam or something. So. You know, the first few games of the season, he, he was like almost swapping. You know, you'd give right a start, then Sims. Right a start the last two. Mm. I think, you know, as a striker, it'd be important that you keep getting those games. I mean, mm. do you think he'll, he'll start right and Godden again? I mean, at what point, at what point do you think it might, you might have Sims and, and right? Well, like, cause yeah, I love <laughs> Matty Godden, but mm. he'd probably be the first to say, you know, that he has had a few sort of like, yeah, and they've probably been freak injuries, mm. but you want him to keep fresh. You know, and and it's almost like I don't know what Robin's reluctance is to, mm. you know, because he could have taken Godden off with ten minutes to go on Friday. And I don't, and I don't, I'm not sure what harm that would have caused. Yeah, I mean, I do think Wright looked probably more tired, but it it's an interesting one, isn't it? And with a tight turnaround, yeah. Because how how do you build up the confidence of say, ultimately down the line, you think it's going to be Wright and Sims is going to be our long term, you know, beyond this season striking partnership? Yeah. How do you build that in? I mean, I know it's early days in the season, but if he's not going to give them the time. Yeah, it's quite surprising to me that we haven't seen them play together. But as you say, he clearly, as a partnership, thinks Godden's very integral um, to being one of the two who's who's involved. I'm sure there will come a point, and a very good point that you make, Godden playing every, every minute so far, he has had injuries. He's not getting any younger. He's got past that, you know, magical 30 barrier. There's going to be a point, probably not too far away, whereby, um, yeah, you're, you're going to think you, you might need to give him a rest. But then you wouldn't be surprised if he said, right, I'm going to start with one and maybe play a bit more of a box behind or and, and two attacking midfielders. So I'm sure at some point it's going to come where we see Wright and Sims play together and we'll see what they can do together. Um, I just don't quite think it's going to be this this game um and could probably stick with with Wright and Godden um if I if I actually thought there might be a change across the pitch I would say it would be that he might go to to two in support of a lone striker and that might happen I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen but if it doesn't then I'd say it will probably be the same kind of setup as we saw on Friday night and and who would that be Palmer in would you Imagine Palmer and Ayari. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. If he was to change and go with the yeah. two in support, then I'd say Palmer and Ayari, yeah. Um, I think probably it will stay the same, but um, but yeah, that would probably be the one area, I think, if there was going to be a change, it, it might be that we looked to... Because obviously we're not, you know, we're not necessarily blowing teams away in terms of the number of goals that we're scoring. And we obviously have got a bit of a situation now with, with Ben Sheaf, um, and we possibly had that come up midway through our preparations for the game against Hull on Friday. I know it's a short turnaround, but 
whether it be this game, may, maybe it might lead on to Huddersfield then, because obviously I don't think we play them until the, the following Monday. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point across those two games, whether it be this one or the next one, if we do go to um, to two in support of a lone striker. And uh, just quickly then, Matt, a, a prediction for the game on Tuesday. I am a bit nervous. I think we're probably just going to come out the wrong side of a as a of a five goal. I don't want to say classic, but a, a five goal thriller. I think it might be. Um, I, I think it will be an entertaining game. I can see us taking positives out of the game. Hopefully, in terms of you know maybe some of the strikers getting on the score sheet and um, and I don't know kind of some of the individual performances, but I just have a bad feeling about this one. Um, so I'm going to lean towards a three two Cardiff. Oh, to be fair, I have a bit of a bad feeling as well. I think it's <laughs> if it had been on a Saturday, I'd sort of believe yeah. it's something about midweek. We don't ever seem to do particularly well at Cardiff. On it's a mid-week. bit of a journey as well. It always seems to be a bit of a struggle when we go long distances yeah. on a... That's probably more on us than it is the club, but yeah. we've obviously been led there by results. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're both we're both wrong and we get a positive <laughs> result. Uh, but that's all we've got time for, for uh, this podcast. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening as always. Um, and obviously, we're sponsored by Dylan's Brewery and the Sky Blue Tavern. Um, and again, this Friday, um, the 22nd um, of September, uh, there is the Meet the Players event with Ellis Sims and Matty Godden live at Dylan's Brewery. Go and check it out. Tickets are still available. And make sure you follow us at SBE Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.